Come be a part of the Tea Party with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board Doc Holliday's Tea Party right now. It's only a click away. Hey, and welcome back. you got Doc Holliday's Tea Party here. I'm your host, Ed Holliday. You're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Got new listeners. Know you're out there. Many of you have been writing, and we've been talking about all these things, about politics, the Tea Party, and it's good to have you. The new listeners are coming in. Just uh, plug in, listen to what we say. Go back and look at the archives. There's a lot of things in the archives that I know you want to hear about. So go back and listen to uh, past shows. But today, we've got some kind of exciting, fantastic show. Because for those who've been listening, you know, we ended up last week's show of uh, What America Needs series. And now we are beginning with the Rock of Liberty speech, something new today. But more than that, today, this week, we are starting the countdown of what's going on in the Republican nomination for president of the United States. And we're going to do it in a unique way. And I'm going to be telling you about that in just a few moments. And we're going to share with you how we're going to uh, do that on this show, unique, that nobody else in the whole world is going to do it like we do it. So hold on your hats. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And then in the Rock of Liberty speech, I'm going to be talking about what happened in the 1950s to five American missionaries and what that could mean for the Tea Party movement today. And what could five missionaries in the Amazon jungle possibly have to do with the Tea Party movement today? Well, I'm going to share that with you in the Rock of Liberty speech. You don't want to miss this story. I guarantee you that. Now, let me tell you about something else. We don't have a full interview today. I got a short quip, a few quotes from a a wonderful lady. She's 80 years old, but her sister is 91 years old. And as far as we know, she is the oldest founder of a tea party anywhere. Now, if you know one that's older than that who has founded, actually founded her own tea party or his own tea party, Tell me, let me know, write to me at radio at teaparty.ms and let me know because we are going to have Miss Clydell Malden. I, don't know, I was going to have her and she couldn't, when we called her, she couldn't talk good that day. So her sister Jean Malden Ware got on the line and we're going to share a few things of what she had to say about uh, what, what caused two ladies, one in her 80s, one in, the, in her 90s, to Come together and put together a tea party group. We're going to be talking to them, and it's exciting just to know that there's some people out there who are not going to uh, go gently into this good night. No, they're ready to stand up and stand up for freedom and liberty and the American Constitution. We're going to be hearing from uh, Miss Jean in just a few minutes, so you're going to want to listen to that. Wow, what a show. How are we going to get all this in? Well, I'm going to tell you how, and I'm going to show you why it's so important to get it in. And that's, you just listen to the show. First, we've got to talk about some news. Before we get to that, let me tell you about the Tea Party Review Magazine. The first edition is out. Those who have signed up have got yours in a mail and a beautiful commemorative envelope. This first edition 
first magazine, inaugural issue of the Tea Party Review magazine is uh, bound to be a collector's item. It's going to probably be worth a lot of money someday on eBay. You better hold on to yours if you got it. If you haven't got yours yet, if you want to subscribe to the Tea Party Review magazine, all you got to do is click on the banner on Doc Holliday's Tea Party uh, on my page there, or go to my website, www.tparty.ms, and you can uh, click on the banner there. Or if you want to go straight to my site, you go to doc.tpartyreview.com. That's doc.tpartyreview.com. Go right there. You can subscribe or just find out about the magazine. If you want to make yourself some money, you can sign up as an affiliate. And wow, the Tea Party Review has uh, been on Fox News. It's, I tell you, when you know you arrive and you start getting ridiculed by the left, the far left, uh, you can go to YouTube and look up Bill Maher, M-A-H-R, you know, the, I don't know, is he a comedian or uh, what is he? I don't even know why he's famous. But anyway, you can go and listen to his rant about the Tea Party Review on, uh, on YouTube. And uh, he makes fun of the Tea Party review magazine and and so you know you've arrived when you get ridiculed by the left so uh, go find out what the tea party review magazine is go to the website check it out click on it and i'm telling you this is the magazine that we've been waiting for so uh, check it out now getting to the news how we're going to get all this in so much is happening in the news in the world news and national news your local news this is the time for the tea party to Flex our muscles to make sure uh, somebody tap on the knees of your local tea party. Make sure you're strong and ready to go because this is a call to action, a call to get out and get involved. The midterm elections are just the beginning. We have got to get you involved and get your friends involved. First, where do we need to look at? Go to Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, is it any coincidence the capital is named Madison and we're talking about the United States Constitution and what we need and we got a good new governor, a uh, conservative governor called uh, uh, Governor, uh, uh, governor Scott Walker. And I'm sorry, so many governors are getting them all twisted in my mind. But Governor Scott Walker, right out there in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, standing firm as of this report when we're recording they're standing firm, and he's saying he's not going to budge on making sure the taxpayers are going to be put first. And that's what we need to hear, taxpayers being put first. How many times over the last few decades have you heard putting the taxpayers first? It's not happening, but now they're trying to make it happen in Wisconsin. The Tea Party up there is Standing behind the governor, thank goodness, get involved. Let's stand behind the governor because you're starting to see things in other states. We know Ohio, Indiana, and we see the Mitch Daniels. Governor Mitch Daniels has been prominently mentioned as a possible presidential candidate, and I, I'm not sure how strong he's standing. He's not standing like a Ronald Reagan, even though I think he was a part of the administration. He must have come in at the tail end or something. I, he didn't get that full dose of Reagan Itis. Reaganitis. That's one thing this country needs. That's not a disease. That's what it's going to get everybody involved and 
get one for the Gipper. So get out there, get involved with your local tea party, and let's watch what's going on in Wisconsin, and let's support them. Let's help them. Let's encourage people. Let's make sure that the far left knows when they hire people and bust people in, we got people who will stand up. We got people who are working, and we can't get off our jobs to go carrying signs all the time, but get us there on the weekends, find some times when we can get together, and let's let everybody know the taxpayer needs to come first. That's when you start being responsible to the taxpayer, then things will work all over this nation. The, the engines of government and private business and free markets will work when you put the taxpayer first because we are the ones who are funding these things and, and from your state government to your local government to our national government. We've got to put the taxpayer first. Now, let's go right on in. I've got on a sad note as of recording this. Uh, we found out that four Americans who were hijacked by pirates on the high seas have been killed. When is this madness going to stop with the piracy? And you know what? I hate to say this, I know Nancy Pelosi was all giddy and smiling and she swore in her, um, uh, Representative Ellenson on, on, the, on Thomas Jefferson's Koran. And for those who don't know, uh, Representative Ellison is from, uh, in, from Minnesota, is uh, our first uh, Muslim congressman. And I'm not going to ridicule the religion. I'm not going to say anything about being a Muslim. But I am going to say, why did Thomas Jefferson have a Koran? He had a Koran because he was trying to understand a mindset who would, uh, that would uh, use a religion that would cause pirates to seize ships on the high seas. And this was in the late 1700s. And Thomas Jefferson wanted to know why pirates would operate on the high seas and seize the ships of free people. And here we are in 2011, and we got pirates operating, and many of them, I'm afraid to say, but it's, they seem to be coming from the Islamic uh, uh, countries, and they are hijacking free ships of free nations on the high seas. Now, what has changed since the late 1700s to 2011? We need to read up on it. We need to know why Thomas Jefferson had a Koran. He wanted to understand it so he could deal with the, the, the pirates that were wrecking American shipping at that time. And now we've just had four Americans murdered, murdered by pirates. It's not a joking matter of some uh, uh, pirates of the Caribbean or some... Hollywood movie we're having American citizens murdered absolutely murdered in a yacht it's not a, some big oil ship it's not something they can get millions of dollars a ransom for we need some help on the high seas Mr. President we need some help from Congress and let's see what happens with the piracy that's going on uh, we got to move on because going right into why uh Pirates are operating on the high seas. we got to talk about the Middle East. Egypt lost uh, Mubarak. Uh, we know Tunisia, Tunisia overthrew their uh, dictator. And now Libya, as I'm recording this, Libya is in a, in a, in a much more butcher 
type mentality as people are being massacred from is, is so suppressed that nobody really knows what's going on, but people are dying by the hundreds, it seems like. Gaddafi said he would stand to the last drop of blood, and I don't know where he, in the first week of March where this is going to be. I don't know where the other countries are going to take it. We know. We've mentioned before Iran is saying the, the freedom lovers in Iran are saying let's get out and protest, and they're trying their best to keep things from exploding in Iran. And we just need to pray for freedom and liberty. I know there's a lot of radical Islamists that are trying to take control of these uh, revolutionary movements. But the young people, if they will step forward with courage and really work for democracy, we can see the Middle East change. I told you I got a glimpse of hope. Last week's show, I told you about the thing that told me that these people must have been watching Tea Party movements and Tea Party rallies is because after the Mubarak was thrown out back in Tahir Square, you saw the common people coming into the square, not workers, but you saw men and women, boys and girls cleaning up, cleaning up after the riots, cleaning up after the demonstrations. And that is what the Tea Party movement has shown people. You clean up after yourselves. And that's the difference between the Tea Party and when you get a bunch of socialists and communists and, and uh, those on the far left when they rally, they leave everything trashed because they think well, somebody else needs to pick it up. And that is a simple, simple distinction between the Tea Party and a socialist. The socialists are waiting for somebody else to do the job and the Tea Party says, let's roll up our sleeves and get her done. All right. Uh, man, time is moving on. Uh, let me tell you about this interview we got coming up. And this is with, uh, actually, her name is Jean Ware. It's Jean Malden Ware, and she's about 80 years old, and her, her sister is 91 now. And when her sister was 90 years old, she was frustrated like so many of us were, and she heard about the tea party. She couldn't get to them, so she decided to have her own tea party, had a group to come to her front porch. And I asked her why... On April 15th, did uh, she have it for tax day? And, and uh, her sister asked her that, and she said, they laughed and said, no, it was the first pretty day that they could sit on the front porch and have a tea party. So that's why they had it on April 15th of 2009. And so, wow, we got somebody in her 90s founding a tea party and saying, I'm not done yet. So uh, let's listen to this interview, and this is something that uh, – it's quick, and I just want to hear uh, pieces of it, and then we're going to move on with the show. Clyde Dale is uh, your older sister, is that correct? Yes. And Jean, I see, I believe she is, uh, how old is she now, 91? That's right. And then uh, you are, uh, do you mind telling me your age, Jean? I'm 80. And you're 80. Uh -huh. And uh, you started a, a tea party group. Well, now she did. I okay. just came along for the ride. Okay, she so actually it. she started it herself. Right. Okay. Well, I moved the chairs up to the table for it. Okay. And uh, uh, why did why did Clydell decide to start a tea party group? Well, we live out here so far, we can't go to the other tea party meetings uh -huh. all the way all around. We couldn't go to Washington when they went. What What inspired Clydell to want to be a part of the tea party movement? doesn't like what's going on in politics and neither do I 
There's a lot of people who don't like what's going on in politics, but how does someone that's 91 years old say, you know, I'm going to do something about it? What made her decide she was going to do something about it? Well, she, she's fooled with politics for all our lives, so she knows how to do something. Being 91 years of age now, the, what, would, what advice would she give to other people that are her, her age and in and, and, and your generation? What advice would she give to others that, who think that they're too old to do anything? Oh, okay, I'll ask her Okay. That. He, he says, what advice would you give to other people that think that... Well, she's not dead, so she has to be interested. Okay, how does she get people to come to, to her front porch? Oh, well, we uh, we just talk to our relatives. We've got a lot of relatives around here, uh-huh. and so we talk to them about joining. And then, now, when you went to the state capitol, who, who, how many people went? You and your sister? Or did you have more and, people? And a, a cousin and her husband. They're from Jackson, but they came over there. And the uh, what did she think about getting a certificate from the lieutenant governor? Oh, she thought it was great. It was a nice, uh, a nice ceremony. I enjoyed talking to you. Oh, I enjoyed talking to you, Gene, and God bless you. We'll come to see us sometime. Okay. And that was uh, Miss Jean Malden Ware, and uh, she was speaking with her sister, uh, Clydell Malden, who, and they both live in Goodman, Mississippi. And we were glad to have them on the show for a brief minute, and, and they were alluding to there at the end about uh, celebration they had to getting a commemorative certificate from the lieutenant governor of the state of Mississippi, the Honorable Phil Bryant, and he uh, uh, commem- commended them for being uh, founding the o- the oldest person known to found a Tea Party anywhere. So uh, thank you, Miss uh, uh, Clydell Malden, for encouraging and inspiring Tea Party people everywhere, especially those who just frustrated like you were, and you did something about it, that inspires all of us. And I got a couple of nuggets I'm going to tell you about that I got out of that quick conversation in just a moment. First, let me remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. And I'm your host, Ed Holliday. And we're glad to have you here. A lot of new listeners, and we're glad to have you on this show. Keep on listening, because in just a few minutes, we're going to have... Uh, the Rock of Liberty speech, and we're going to talk about what uh, some missionaries in the Amazon in the 1950s have to do with the Tea Party movement today. And then we're also going to be talk about the Republican nomination and the race to the White House. And so here we go. And first, let me tell you the couple nuggets I got from Miss Clydell Malden. Number one, no matter what your age, no matter what you do, like she said, <laughs> I'm still alive. She's not dead. She's going to be interested, and that keeps her mind sharp and keen, and that's what's going to keep this Tea Party movement going. Young and old, together, we're standing up for freedom. So God bless you. And then the other nugget I got from what she said was the fact that she she called people she knew and got them to come to her front porch. She found a venue, a place to meet. She called people and said, let's meet, and that's what the Tea Party is grassroots people meeting together saying what can we do to to change things and she writes letters she gets on the phone and she is not slowing down and god bless her so i'm glad we had her on the show today now let me tell you about we are getting into the uh, campaign season 
if you look at it like a race, if you look at it like the Daytona 500, and you know what happened there for the, those who love racing, uh, you know that there was a rookie, came out of nowhere, a young man named Bain came through at 20 years old and won the Daytona 500. I mean, I don't even know if he's shaving yet. Maybe he shaves once a week. My goodness, won the thing. So when we talk about the Republican nomination, we can talk about, we can talk about potential candidates revving their engines, getting ready for a race. But I'm telling you, we don't know. There might be somebody nobody's even thought of yet. That's how wide open this race for the Republican nomination is. And now you may ask, why are we uh, covering this different on Doc Holliday's Tea Party? How are we going to cover it differently? Well, listen up. You are going to run for president. Did you hear me? You are going to be in there representing the conservatives. We're going to run you for president of the United States. And how are we going to do that? Well, I'm going to help you out. And when you get nominated, maybe you'll ask me to be your VP. But let's... Let's say we're going to look at each candidate. We're going to, today, in this show, we're going to be talking about the potential candidates. Start next week. We're going to take them one or two at a time. We're going to talk about them, and we're going to see how, how you can maneuver around their strengths and their weaknesses, how you can get the nomination, because you are going to run. <laughs> You're going to run for president of the United States. Because it's about time somebody had some common sense, stood up with some backbone, and said what needs to be said. So you're running, I'm right there behind you, and we're going to take each candidate and see what it takes to beat them, how we get around them, their strengths, their weaknesses. Let's talk about some of the candidates coming and lining up for this race. Can you hear the engines revving up? Yep. Some of them got some engines revving up. And some of them got something that may have some of those electric electric uh, motor cars that I don't know how fast it's going to get around. But uh, it's it's fun to talk about this, but more than that, it's serious now. And so we're going we're going to have some fun with it. We're going to be serious because I want you to run because you and me together are getting things done in this Tea Party movement. And I'm so glad you're listening. You better listen every week because you will have a lot to say. So. Uh, who's going to run against you? Well, let's talk about it. we got governors. got governors all over the place. And uh, former governors, current governors. And that makes up a large part of the field. Let's look at some of the, uh, the people who may be running. These are potential candidates. You know, former governors uh, include uh, John Huntsman, once governor of Utah. Sarah Palin, former governor of Alaska. Mitt Romney, former governor of Massachusetts. Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas. Tim Pawlenty, former governor of Minnesota. And George Pataki, former governor of New York. Wow! <laughs> and, and that's the former governors. Now let's talk about, we got some governors who are active today. There may be uh, presidential material that's jumping in this race. We know that uh, Governor Mitch Daniels of Indiana, mentioned him already in the show, Possible candidate comes from uh, the Reagan administration, worked under uh, George H.W. Bush, and he's been in the, worked in the White House and, and uh, in many different uh, capacities, and now, of course, is governor of Indiana. And then there's also Haley Barber, uh, Haley Barber, state of Mississippi. He knows politics about as well as anyone in the country alive today. 
and he's been in it since he was young. He knows where the money is, and I tell you, he's uh, he's you know done a lot of things as for conservatives as a governor of Mississippi. Now, now people are calling the uncandidate. I'll tell you what the buzz was at CPAC uh, when I was at CPAC, uh, the conservative. A political action committee convention a, a couple of weeks ago and hearing all the different people and there was one voice that we did not hear but the buzz underneath the crowd was these are good all the people speaking were good but did they have the mojo did they have the get up and go did they have what it takes the charisma did they have the sparks flying and there's one guy who he says he's not running and you can call him the uncandidate, but he is the present governor of uh, the state of New Jersey, Governor Chris Christie. And, and he said he's not ready to run. He's not in position to run. He's got to take care of New Jersey. But he has been showing some gusto and guts and standing up with a backbone that's exciting a lot of the conservatives. So I, let me just tell you that. Now, that's just the governors. Let's look at the list. It continues. The other possible challengers, let's see. Let's think about uh, the former members of Congress. And there's Some of these include business executives and government officials. Uh, this list would include former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich from Georgia. Ron Paul from Texas, and he won the straw poll second time, second year in a row at uh, CPAC. And there is a little secret to that. He he had his fans and his contingency there, and I think they rounded up all the college students in the D.C. area. They could round up there and got got them in to do the straw ballot, and and uh, they also stood up and cheered and uh, when it was announced. So he had his contingency there. Uh, and that's one reason why he won the straw poll. A lot of the there, the conservatives there for the convention uh, didn't even participate. I think there were 11,000 registrants and about 3,000 uh, actually voted in the straw poll, Three to 4,000. And most of those were those students that were bussed in, it looks like. Or not bussed in. They rode the metro subway to get there. Uh, but anyway... Uh, let's think of uh, some of these other candidates, possible candidates. Rick Santorum, former senator from the state of Pennsylvania. Michelle, Michelle Bachman, current congresswoman from Minnesota. Uh, senator John Thume, South Dakota. Yep, yep, I read the paper. Yep, uh, he said he's not in it, so I guess we can, we can strike that name. But he, he had thrown his name in the pot to be considered. But uh, I think he's, he's going to – we'll see him uh, – flex some muscles in the Senate now. Now, uh, another name that's been thrown out, I don't see him picking up a lot of steam, but hey, I, I like what he has to say. I just don't see him getting, it looks like he's probably one of those uh, new Chevy votes, the electric car, and he has some cool things to say, and yet I don't think his motor's going to get him very far. But his name is John Bolton, former ambassador of the United Nations, John Bolton. Um, there's another person that's, uh, well, you know, it would be just like the left to to uh, knock me for saying what I'm going to say. I'm going to say just what needs to be said. There's a dark horse out there. His name is Herman Cain, a former CEO of Godfather Pizza. But, Pizza, but I'm telling you, he has got the conservative values down pat. He's a great speaker. He inspires you when you hear him speak. He had people inspired at CPAC. 
And, you know, I sat down a few years ago when uh, just after he had run for Senate in the state of Georgia and barely got beaten in the primary, and, and he ran as a Republican. And probably what beat him, he had a lot of African-American voters in Georgia, especially in the city of Atlanta, that told him they were going to get out and vote for him. But they had never, and, and he said this looking back, it was one thing that, you know, he should have seen, but he didn't. But in the primary, so many African Americans were so programmed, they went to vote, and they went to the Democratic side. And so many, he said, no telling how many, come up and said, I looked for your name, Herman, but I didn't see it on the ballot. And, and it, you know, and it just, he had that sick feeling, oh, no, that's what happened. They, you know, he, they didn't know how to vote in Republican primary. They were so indoctrinated, and they just always went to the Democratic side to vote. They didn't realize they had to. It was an open, open primary where they could have voted either a Democrat as a Republican, but they all went to the, they all went to the Democratic side because that's the only thing they ever done their whole life, and they went to vote for Herman Cain, but they didn't know how to go to the Republican side, the Republican primary, and therefore Herman Cain did not win the nomination, did not go on to become senator, but this man's inspiring. Can he win the presidency? Yes, he could. Now, can he run against you, the Tea Party? Well, he's been very much part of the Tea Party, and I'm telling you, <laughs> this race is wide open, and we'll be talking more about him when we uh, get to Herman Cain week. But let me tell you that there are all these people I mentioned, 16 different possible potential candidates, and we don't know who will win. We don't really even know exactly how, uh, uh, how the race is going to start and kick off and how you know all the bits and pieces going back and forth and running and crashing and burning and somebody having a flat tire, somebody running low on fuel. It's going to be exciting You'll hear more about it every week right here on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. So don't you miss it. We're starting next week. And we'll be starting with Sarah Palin, the potential Sarah Palin running for president of the United States. So be with us next week, and we'll talk more about Sarah Palin. Now it's time for the Rock of Liberty speech. And this time i got a story to tell you. Now listen. In the 1950s, there were five missionaries. And one of their goals as they were preaching and teaching from the Bible, was to go into the Amazon jungle and tell people about the gospel. And they, they were successful in doing that and using planes, going where nobody had gone before. But they knew there was a people group, there was a tribe that had never been, uh, had never been penetrated. They, they, and they were known as headhunters, killers. And people who went there to see them never came back alive. And, but they tried to make contact. They tried to find them. And they did. They were successful. And some of you know this story. The main missionary, lead missionary is Jim Elliott. And there's a movie documenting this story called The Tip of the Spear. It came out a couple years ago. Very good movie. Go, you can go see it. But, uh, but the story involves the missionaries as they finally make contact with a couple of the tribes people. And it's documented, and in fact, they got the very tribe people they met there. There were several days and time they, they, they got to meet some of them, and, and we 
we didn't know really what happened, the whole story, but all five were killed. They were killed. And it was probably 30 years later, and you read about it in a book, but why were they killed? Well, the story goes on and the documentary goes on because just a couple years later, things opened up where some members who had come out of the tribe years earlier went back. They took Jim Elliott's wife with them, and she took her three-year-old daughter, and they became a part of that tribe. And they, of course, went on and witnessed to him and, and told him about the Bible. And, and then the, the tribe put away their spears. And, and, uh, and the thing was, is years and years later, decades later, that the true story of why they killed those missionaries came out. And that's why it's important for the Tea Party. It's important for you to know and hear this. Well, we had a tribe in the Amazon that didn't, didn't know anybody else existed, didn't want to know anybody else existed. So how do you talk to somebody that has a, uh, don't know the language, they have no, no nothing, any ways of written communication, and just uh, the Stone Age folks. So how do you, how, how do you communicate? And what happened was they had, Jim Elliott had a picture of one of the, somebody from the tribe that had uh, left, that had gone into civilization. And so what he was doing when he was talking to the group, and later one of the tribes people told the story of why they killed the five missionaries. But uh, I believe it was Jim Elliott, but he had pulled out a picture of the young lady who had left the tribe. They had a picture of her, and he wanted to communicate and let them know that the, that she was okay and alive. And, and, and he showed that picture. He pulled it out of his pocket, and they saw that picture. They had, they had no idea what a picture was. And when he saw that, uh, they saw the face of uh, somebody they used to know it scared them, and they actually thought these strange white folks were going, had eaten that girl, and they had somehow by magic had pulled her out of their stomach. And because they saw that, they instantly thought, these people are about to eat us, and they're going to eat our tribe. And so what they did, they speared them, killed them, because to them, these were cannibals who had eaten one of their friends, and by magic, it shown it, shown her, pulled her out of their stomach, and they were about to eat them, so they killed them. And that's the reason they were killed. Wow. What a story. What does that mean for the Tea Party movement? That means we have got to work on our communication skills. Now, I'm not saying the liberals and the far left are like Amazon tribes. In a lot of ways, they are. They don't understand conservative principles. They love ridiculing and name-calling. And so they, we have got to do a better job of communicating what works because the Holy Grail that they want in politics, they got the Senate, the House, and the Presidency in 2008. And what did they do with it? All the dreams, everything they ever wanted. It's going to be Nirvana. It didn't work out like, uh, like they thought it was going to. And now there's a lot of them are disillusioned. Now's the time to communicate. And how do you communicate to people who don't understand conservatism? How do you communicate to people who don't understand conservative principles, 
principals who have always been taught that they were to be ridiculed and laughed at. And then how do you change that mindset? Well, it's much like trying to communicate to some Amazon people who didn't know anything about the outside world. And I'm just saying this story, this Rock of Liberty speech, is very important for you to understand. We can laugh about it. It is funny to think that the far left is like Amazon tribesmen who've never been out of the forest. But it's much like that. They don't understand the conservative principles, and it's very foreign to them. And this is what's going to save America, the Tea Party movement. And it's you and me. And that's why you are going to be running for president of the United States in the Republican nomination. And we're going to be talking about that every week as we bring each candidate up and we'll, we'll look at their strengths and weaknesses. That's the Rock of Liberty speech. Wow, man, we got a lot to look forward to. Can't wait till next week. I'll see you then. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You can order Ed's book, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.